You're listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. I'm your host, Jill Perrick, a business and mindset coach who specializes in imposter syndrome. If you feel like you're not as smart, capable, or worthy as you actually are and that someone is going to find you out, then you've come to the right place. I went from being a struggling government worker, working my coaching business on the side, but feeling unworthy and burnt out to making multiple six figures, helping women overcome imposter syndrome so they too can sign clients, make banks, and have the business or career of their dreams. I am nothing special. I have a stuttering disability, ADHD, and I struggle with anxiety and depression. So if I can learn how to feel good enough and overcome my inner imposter, then so can you. Let's dig in. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Today, I have a very special episode and I am interviewing one of my amazing one-to-one clients, Sequoia. We actually just wrapped up almost a year of working together. She first signed on for five months of one-to-one coaching last June, I believe, and then she signed on again for another six months. And we have just done amazing work together in the time that we work together she has gone from feeling so stressed out about her business never taking vacation always worrying telling other people on sales calls that they should work for other people or that they shouldn't pay her there was just no confidence there and I remember specifically from her application she was like I just want to feel worthy and I was like well you're in the right place. And now she is consistently hitting four to 5k months. She has hit something as high as an 8k month. Um, she has way more confidence and she's pitching herself and getting on so many sales calls a week. Like half the time I'm like, how many sales calls a week do you have? She's so confident in herself. She trusts herself so much. She is a website and SEO expert and she does this for female entrepreneurs and I'm just so proud of her and she has really made a complete 180 from who she was to now who she is. She has truly gone from imposter to empowered and I am so excited to share this episode with you. Hi Sequoia, thank you so much for being here today. Hi Jill, thank you for having me. Yeah, so first can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Yeah. So my name is Sequoia. Um, I have a business called Sequoia Craig Design. Um, I do website design and SEO for female entrepreneurs um, and specifically love working with service providers. Um, And I'm based in Santa Cruz, California. Love it. So good. And so you do call yourself a website design and SEO expert, right? So what thoughts and identity shifts did you have to make to declare yourself an expert? Um, okay. So when I was younger, I started taking dance classes and then I stopped for a while. And then I was in middle school and I started taking them again. And I remember talking to my mom and her saying like, oh, you're a beautiful dancer. And I was really uncomfortable by that title because I felt like I hadn't done enough to earn the role of a dancer. I was just someone who danced rather than a dancer. And it's funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that like scenario of like a few days ago and just how like there's no rules around what we call ourselves, but we create these barriers in our minds to make sure that we have to have like a certain level of expertise before Mm. we call ourselves that. And so like 
for a while, I would just call myself like SEO pro or like, I know SEO and I know SEO um, is kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> I know and SEO. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the switch to be like, to saying that I was an expert was totally internal. Like it had nothing, like I didn't take a course or like do anything. It was just, it was part of the way through our coaching. Like, and the real shift was, I just went and changed it on my email signature. And I was like, Ooh, now I'm legit. (laughs) Yeah. It's literally just a decision. And I say that all the time. It's that shift in thought in terms of being like, who is going to come and get me if I say that I'm an expert, right? Like we're, we're so afraid that someone's going to say, oh, well, how are you an expert? And like, you have experience, you can call yourself an expert, but even just the thought of that potentially happening, which people who struggle with imposter syndrome really feel like, oh my God, that's going to happen. It's a reality when it's not like we can really just decide. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like a lot of it is we see like MD or PhD as like, you know, a notable thing that you've achieved. And so with these like titles that we give ourselves in the entrepreneur world, because it's so much of it is created by ourselves. Like, it's not like something that someone else gives to us. It almost takes twice as much work to call yourself that. So I kind of think like if someone's calling themselves an expert or a pro, as long as they're not a narcissist, they probably have twice as much knowledge and experience than you would think that they do. Yeah. And I think that's coming off like the thoughts of it takes a lot of grit to be an entrepreneur and it takes a lot of work with your brain to be an entrepreneur um, and constantly keeping it up and staying consistent and like a lot of belief in yourself. And you know, there's always going to be some in the industry who are like, I'm an expert when they're not, you know, like, we've all had like hurt from a coach or, or hurt from somebody who says that they're a certain thing and they're not. But I think you find that in every single industry. Um, And when somebody does call themselves an expert, or they're standing in their power, it's, it's, very inspiring because you're like, wow, what did you have to do and go through in order to like do that so confidently? Right, right. And to, yeah, to like have the knowledge is one thing, but to actually feel comfortable like calling yourself an expert in that knowledge is another thing. Yes, yes. Which I feel like is um, a lot of the work that you and I did together. So can you tell the audience what internal shifts do you think you made because of our work together? Um, When I started working with you, I was really scared. I was running my mind about my business. I felt really uneasy. I was totally living in fear. And every second of every day was like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing the right things. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like I'm doing this all wrong. I have, I don't have enough clients or I have the wrong type of clients. So just everything was just overthinking and anxiety and wrong. Totally. And when you and I started working together, like we started to break that down. And now like I still have thoughts of I'm an imposter or I'm doing something wrong or I should be more busy. But the difference is that now I catch them and I'm like, oh, that's a funny thought. Mm -hmm. 
what should we do yes. today instead of think that neutrality yeah <laughs> yeah and so like that emotional sobriety of being able to notice the thoughts and and coach myself out of them I would say is the biggest change and they do happen less and like a few days ago I was driving home and I was like oh my goodness like I don't know where like I I don't have next month's clients booked so I'm a little nervous about that and I was like you know what I'm just gonna trust that it's coming my bank account is healthy like it's fine and I got home and there was a $1,100 check from the IRS that I wasn't expecting and I was like okay universe thank you (laughs) So, so like just that trust in like what's coming instead of I I think I switched from coming so much from fear and anxiety and scarcity to coming more from like love and leaning into what's possible, but I'm hesitant to be like, oh, everything's great because I still do have those thoughts. Of course. course. And and I think that was like, when I went into coaching with you, I was kind of had this like hope and expectation that I would come out of it as like a totally different person with a brand new brain that like had no problems. (laughs) And that would I be did. amazing. Yeah. And I would be God or whoever, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> I literally would. Um, and so like, as the time went on, I started to notice that it wasn't that my brain was different. It's just that I was noticing those things that were different and able to like talk myself into a more healthy conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah especially being neurodivergent and like we think so many thoughts a day that it is impossible to think that we are going to completely change our dialogue um especially when we have like programs and conditioning from years and years of growing up and being told that you're a certain thing or that you can achieve this or even just talking to yourself all day in your head you know what I mean um and as well we experience a lot of emotional dysregulation so we have those highs and lows and what the thought work helps you do is it helps you not make your emotions mean anything Mm -hmm. you're in them and I feel like you really experienced like that as well in terms of being like oh I can have like a low day or a low week and it doesn't mean anything right Yeah. yeah yeah I would totally let myself just like like just go into that feeling and like you know I'd have a week of just like working on the couch feeling sorry for myself and now it's like maybe 30 minutes where yeah. I'm like, everything sucks. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, actually it doesn't. You're just really dramatic. <laughs> I love it. Even uh, your like inner dialogue, like specifically during sales calls, because I do remember you saying like, oh, I'm having this inner dialogue of this person doesn't want to work with me, even though they're literally on the phone with you and they booked a call with you. Like I should refer them to someone else. I should Ah. stop them. Yeah. Uh, Like talk about how that has changed. Okay. So that was a huge change because you, you really opened my eyes to what I was doing on sales calls, which was trying to sell them on not working with me. I would like get them on the phone and I would be like, okay, so this is everything that you need. And here's all the reasons why I'm not the person to do that for you. <laughs> um, and then you're like, I don't understand. How come I'm not signing clients? I'm like, exactly. okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that was the conversation that we had. So now, yeah. So that was a huge shift. Like 
like realizing that I have value, that people are coming to me for my expertise. Another thing is like allowing myself to be the expert, like trusting that they're there because they want to hear what I have to say. So mm-hmm. now my sales calls are a lot shorter. There's a lot less like information being thrown at them. They're way less scary. Like before I would like get like all, you know, ready and put on my blazer and like get ready. And now I'm like lying on the couch and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have, you, you gave me a really nice framework for it too, which I tweaked a little. Um, and I have started giving people less options and like giving people what they actually need rather than being like, here's everything that I know, take what works for you. And so like I used to get on calls and I didn't even really ask them what they needed. And I just kind of told them what I thought they needed. And a lot of that was not hiring me. (laughs) And now like I let them tell me what they need. And then I'm like, okay, great. Here's the package. And I kind of create it for them. And instead of giving them multiple options, like I give them one or two and, um, and you know, with that, like, I'm also doing more sales calls now and, I have a lot of sales calls on your calendar always. I do. Yeah, I do. Which like keeps that muscle alive. Dog better not bark. Um, so, and now like I enjoy them. Like Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy it. I get to like, ask people questions. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I get to ask people questions and learn about people's businesses and it doesn't feel like it's coming from scarcity again. Like I need this sale. I'm just there to provide them with information. And I think for me hearing that, like the biggest shift was you were like, oh yeah, people are on the phone to work with me. It's like even just that simple shift of why the fuck would somebody get on the phone with us or even inquire if they weren't interested in the service that we have to offer, you know? And like, you can say that about store, about like your, your Instagram audience about stories about when they comment on something like our imposter syndrome will tell us like oh not enough people like this post or not enough people are looking at your stories or whatever it is but like people are opting in all the time to listen to you and hear what you have to say Mm -hmm. um but but because we have that baseline of it's not enough then of course anything that you're actually receiving is again going to feel like it's not enough so i feel like even that was like the smallish week in terms of you were like oh yeah they're booking a call with me i guess they like want what i'm offering right they've they've been interested enough to get to that point yeah exactly totally and then um you know speaking of instagram the other cool thing was just like there was a period where I felt like I wasn't getting anything out of social media. Like it wasn't, and you, and you kept saying to me, like, it's not instantly transactionable. And I like hear that in my mind all the time now. (laughs) And like, I had a sales call a few weeks ago from someone who was watching my stories and I didn't even know that they existed. Honestly, to be totally honest, I still can't figure out what their Instagram is. Just like a little longer. Um, but I had a sales call with them. And like, so there are people that are watching that I didn't even realize. And just like trusting that those 
not instantly transactionable. Did I say instantly? Not instantly transactionable things are still working in my favor. Like just that trust has been really nice. And again, it's way less scarcity. Yeah. And because like, I mean, I'm an anxious person, you're an anxious person. And that uncertainty is so scary to us when we don't have a managed mind. It's like you were saying, like you trust now and you lean into possibility, but when you don't know how to do that, you're thinking in terms of scarcity, it's not enough. And like fear and anxiety, like it's scary for people to not know where their next client is going to come from. But when you learn to trust yourself and really lean into possibility, and we have to remember like, guys, you signed up for this, like you signed up to market your services online, right? So with that comes some uncertainty and it's not trying to like get rid of the uncertainty which is what like anxiety hopes to do but instead it's like thinking of it as an actual like exciting thing full of possibilities that someone could drop out of the sky at any point and be like let's do it you know Mm -hmm. so so good okay so in terms of those internal shifts what are some of the external shifts that you made in terms of like business, income, all that jazz? Um, well, I was definitely leaning away from website design because that is the money maker and it's harder to get those sales and it's really confronting for me to get those sales. Um, so when we first started working together, I was like not really actively trying to push that. And then again, like, oh, I'm not making any money on websites. Um, And so like every few months, I'd like bring myself back to it. Um, And now it's pretty much my main thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this like May, I have built and am launching more websites than I ever have. So that's been huge. I had my highest month with you, well, ever, but it was while I was with you last November, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, and am consistently hitting my goals and let go of my not so favorite clients. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you really like you raised your prices you let go of some people who were sucking your energy dry you had like a lot of random ass offers and I was like you don't need all this shit you're a website designer bitch like right yeah Yeah. Yeah. so you totally helped me simplify all of that um and now like I feel like I have more time and I'm making more money Mm which is pretty like, sometimes I pinch myself and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, she's like 24 now. You're you're 24 now. Yeah. She was 23 when she started with me and she was like, I just feel like it's not going to work out. I was like, bitch, you're literally 23. You have so much life ahead of you. I'm turning 30 and now I'm 30 and you're 24. You're literally six years younger and you're doing amazing. So that's so good. Okay. Let's shift Here's a bit because I knew oh you get really excited about telling people about why they need a website and why it is so important as an entrepreneur. So can you kind of tell us why having a website and having like SEO is so important? Okay. Yes. 
So and this is like the best analogy. It's like when you're looking for something in particular and you Google it and there's like five results and it takes you to the fourth one to find like A, what you're looking for and B, a website that can actually work. Yeah, That's what potential clients are doing too. And so like I see it all the time where I get interested in someone's business on Instagram and I go down the rabbit hole and I end up on their website and I'm like, this is an awful website. And then that ends the end. Like that is the end of the relationship that I would have had with them. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested anymore. I can't learn any more information. I don't know what they're serving, who they're serving or anything. And I'm one of those people because I'm in this industry, like I will dig a little bit deeper and I will try and find things, but I, I know that a lot of people aren't doing that. And I actually worked with a coach once whose website wasn't great. And like, it took me like multiple steps and multiple digging to find out like what they actually did and how to get in contact with them. And I knew that if I didn't have the tech experience that I had, I would have just stopped, but I I already like felt interested in what they were doing. Um, So all of that to say that with good website design comes more qualified leads, comes more leads, Um, people are more interested in what you're selling. It also increases the perceived value. Um, I am in the process of planning my wedding and there's this one wedding shop that keeps coming up in my area and they have like a bunch of the designers that I'm interested in, but their website is so old and it looks awful that the first few times I visited their website, I had no interest in shopping with them because I just felt like the experience there was going to be really dated. And it wasn't until I took a step back and like realized, okay, that's probably just their website that's dated. But that association with someone's service and their website is like really correlated. And so if you have a well-designed website, people associate that with the value, not just the cost, but the value too. And so if you have a well-priced item and you have a great design, people think that they're getting a deal because the value is higher than the cost. Mm -hmm. Um, And then talking about SEO, a great website is not that great if no one can find it. So Mm -hmm. SEO is really about communicating with Google. Um, The way I like to explain that is like, when we think about Google, it's, it's just a bunch of robots, right? Like they're not real people. They can't look at an image and I mean, they kind of can, but not really like figure out what the vibe is and what's going on on the site. And so by using SEO, you're able to like communicate with those bots. You're making their life easier. You're saying like, here's the things that are on this website so that when you rank everything and you organize all of these results, you know where to put us because you know what's on this site. Um, And so that makes it easier for Google to index it and put it in the right order when it comes to ranking. Yeah. So I just feel like, especially now with everything being online, you're right. If things aren't accessible and if it, they're complicated, like people get distracted, they get, they get bored or they get annoyed that they can't figure things out. Like that's mm-hmm. happened to me before where it's like somebody is telling something and like, it's so hard for me to get to the page. And I'm like, this isn't even worth it. Like right. I, think about somebody who's huge in the industry and like something that I hate about her offers is on her sales pages is like you have to scroll all the way to the bottom to buy and I'm like put a fucking button near the top because not 
everybody reads a whole like long ass page so it's just like stuff like that to to cater to the different kinds of people who are buying because as we are so unique with our thoughts and how we are we are also unique in how we purchase things as well Mm -hmm. um and so i just wanted to ask if let's say somebody is like a new coach within like the first year what do you think is important for them to have for their site if you just had to do like the bare minimum what do you think is important um it's really important to talk to your to your ideal client so i would say like writing to your ideal client so that your copy is about them um having a really concise about section that explains like why you are qualified and not just like the resume qualified but like the actual qualified Mm -hmm. um and pictures are important pictures (laughs) yes like real pictures not stock pictures (laughs) Uh and then like a way for people to actually get in contact yes like and that's something that people forget oh yeah like it it's kind of like how some people forget to put a fucking call to action in their Instagram stories or on their posts. I'm like, yeah, you did this amazing Instagram story, but then at the end, you didn't say, this is how you work with me or click the right. link in my bio because right. people like need direction or they're just gonna be like, okay, thanks for the value. And they're gonna move on. Like you have to tell them directly. And yeah. I think that also comes with like being really confident and believing that if somebody is looking at your content, consuming your content, they are there for your content that sells right and if they don't like it they can leave but your instagram your social media your site is for you to sell so and you have to yeah and and that's that's a mistake that i made and that i see like people who are in my circles who are just getting started make too where they're like putting out a ton of value and like a ton of great content and they're getting great feedback from it and great gaining traction but they're not actually doing any selling and they don't have a place for people to buy anything from them yes and so when they get to the point where they're like, all right, now I'm ready to make some money off of this, A, their audience is like, what? We're supposed to buy from you? Yeah. And B, they don't even have any place that they've created like a funnel or anything to collect mm-hmm. information and start like actually doing the selling. And so, yeah, I would say a way to contact you. And I actually think like services is really important to like list out what you offer. Totally. and. I mean, with that, there's, it's a little bit of a controversial thing, but I do think that having pricing on your website is really important, at least mm-hmm. like a starting price. Like you can say starting at, I don't think that's controversial at all. Oh, it's totally controversial. Really? Oh, yeah. interesting. It's totally controversial because some people say you want to get them on the call before you talk about pricing. You want to be it able to address objections. I agree. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't want to list out like all of your pricing, you can just do a starting at, but that way it's, it's that transparency. And like, you know, some people are price shoppers. I'm totally a price shopper. Mm-hmm. I want to know what, the, but that's like the first thing I look at. I'm like, all right, I'm going to scroll down and find the price and then I'll read your sales page. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just think it's so important to be transparent because you actually can 
qualify leads faster that way, right? Is like, I think a lot of people are afraid to post um, or talk about what they charge, but it's only because you're afraid that when you say it, you're going to turn somebody off. And guess what? You're going to say it eventually anyway. So why would you leave it until you're like on the call and you're spending the whole call thinking, I have to tell them the price. I have to tell them the price. Instead, qualify them beforehand. They're still going to have questions and stuff like that. Um, But it's also, I did have a coach say that it is a very trauma-informed practice also to put the price because people have negative associations to like being shocked by a certain amount, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I definitely think that we should be more transparent about what our services cost because at the end of the day, it comes down to shame about money, which lots of people have shame around it and just confidence in your own services because eventually you're going to have to say it's this much. So why not just sing it off the hop? Right. Right. And, and I won't like, I won't get on a call with someone unless I know that I can afford what they're selling. Like if I'm interested in something, I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to put myself in that uncomfortable situation. So yeah. hundred percent. So Good. Okay. Awesome. So Sequoia, thank you for coming today. And where can we find you and how can people work with you? Okay. So the tricky part here is spelling my name. <laughs> it's not that tricky. Um, so sequoiacraig.com is my website. Um, Sequoia Craig Design is all my social media is the same. And um, if you go onto any of those channels, there's ways to work with me there. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I love you. I loved spending all that time with you. It was almost a year that you and I were together and it was amazing. Thank yeah, you for coming today. Thank you, Jill. Bye. Bye. That was such a good episode with Sequoia. So Sequoia and I worked together for 11 months in one-to-one coaching, and she has completely shifted on an identity level. She has completely shifted her thoughts and completely shifted her business. I'm so proud of her. And if you want to do this deep work with me in one-to-one coaching, if you want to make more money, if you want to feel differently, if you want to lean into possibility instead of being anxious about about uncertainty and things in your business, if you want to stop feeling like a fraud and feel good enough to go after your dreams and have a successful business right fucking now, then you can apply to work with me in one-to-one coaching. This is a six-month container and it is $8,000 pay in full or you can do the payment plan. Okay, I love you guys so much. You can go to the link in my show notes and apply at the link there and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the From Imposter to Empowered podcast. Head to the show notes to find out how you can take this work deeper with me in one-to-one coaching or in the From Imposter to Empowered group program. In the show notes, you'll also find a free three-day challenge to start the process of overcoming your inner imposter. And once you're done with all of that, screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram, tagging me at your coach Jill so we can connect. See you next time.